antimonium, arsenic, aluminum, selenium, and hydrogen and oxygen and nitrogen and rhenium, and nickel, neodymium, neptunium, germanium, and iron, americium, ruthenium, uranium, europium, zirconium, lutetium, vanadium, and lanthanum, and osmium, and acetine, and radium, and gold, protactinium, and indium, and gallium, and iodine, and thorium, and thulium, and thallium. Zitrium, ytterbium, actinium, rubidium, and boron, gadolinium, niobium, uranium, and strontium, and silicon, and silver, and samarium, and business bromine, lithium, beryllium, and barium. Welcome to Wyoming Science. I'm Garrett Lindemann. I've been encouraged to start this podcast, and what we're going to do here is we're going to try and introduce people to science properly. And by that, I mean we'll talk about what science is and what science is not. Science, the cowboy way. And so to start with that, we're basically going to look towards cowboy ethics. We've seen the code of the West. It follows that pretty closely. But before I do that, let me go around the room and have everybody introduce themselves. And I'll start here with Tom. Oh, thank you for having me here, Garrett. I'm Dr. Tom Kelly, and I will be a guest occasionally as the resident social scientist, who's not, not a real scientist like Garrett here. The political scientist, too. The political scientist, exactly. Right, right. And then we have Diane. Yes, I'm Diane. Well, I do a lot of things. I, I do a lot of teaching. I was a homeschooler. I taught at a classical Christian school, and I'm working with homeschoolers a lot right now. Private tutoring, specializing in language arts. What Pub- else do I do? Published author. Yeah, yeah. And the name of your book? It's called Further Up and Further In, and it's a homeschool unit study on the Chronicles of Narnia. Oh, cool. And I keep forgetting that I did that. It was so long ago, and I've done anything since. You remember every time the checks come, though. Oh, yeah. I think I made 100 <laughs> bucks this year off of them. <laughs> and that other voice was Ken. You, you want to introduce yourself, too? I am a politician and a preacher and a sound tech. And so I'm here because I appreciate the things that Garrett has to say and will contribute a little bit. But I'm mostly here as the producer. So you may call me Mr. Mr. Producer. Mr. Producer? No, Mr. Mr. Producer. Mr. Mr. Producer. Yeah, yeah. thank you. Okay, and I'm Garrett Lindemann, and um, I have a PhD in molecular genetics and have worked in science for 30 years. And the goal with this, like I said earlier, is to introduce people to what science is and what science isn't and give you a, uh, a sense going forward of what the real science is because basically it's broken. I've always felt that um, the communication by the lay press to the general public on science was way off. I know a little bit about the communication from a scientist to the lay public. It goes like this. Not the third switch. Sorry. <laughs> that's, that's okay. What, what, what hump? And we're going to have some levity here, too. And, and most recently, um, what's really encouraged me, besides uh, Ken and Diane and Tom and uh, Dave, who's not here right now, um, is the fact that what we've seen over the last two years is we've seen the, the comment, just follow the science. Well, the fact of the matter is, is they've done a really poor job of explaining what the science is. And anytime you cancel anybody uh, that's not science and we'll talk that in the next in the next episode of this podcast but right now we're going to talk about you know the ethics behind it the cowboy way what we mean by that so the, the first one says uh live each day with courage so basically speak truth to power you know 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 what the truth is stand by it don't waver well, one of the things I would say about speaking truth to power and living each day with courage, sometimes there's the courage to admit when you're wrong about something, too. And that's one of the things you're talking about, the science coming from the public. We'll get into that later with, like, the CDC and politicians 
refusing to have the courage to admit they were wrong. Now, I agree with that. That's going to be part of it, too. I'd kind of echo that a little bit. As somebody with a pastoral past, a preacher, we're supposed to be the ones that are preaching the truth. And every now and then you sit down at, at Scripture and you're convicted by that truth. And when you're asked to present it, you want to present it in such a way that it couldn't possibly be a negative reflection on yourself. And I, th- I think there is a link there to what you're talking about is we want to value either the truth or our own personal reputation. And if you're really going to be a true scientist, you have to be honest. You have to value the truth more than your own personal reputation, more than your own uh, personal ideals or preconceived notions. And that is really difficult to do. Well, it's difficult for anybody to do, which now probably brings up a good point that I've said before in our previous podcast in the Ramble Room is scientists are just like anybody else. They can be bought, they can be sold, they have the same issues. You know, I mean, some of them just like to chatter on and hear their voice heard or have their face splashed all over the TV like Fauci. Um, and so they're just like anybody else. Don't hold them up as, you know, a, a statue or a paragon, um, doctors, lawyers, everybody have the same problems that everybody else does because we're human and they just happen to have a different profession. So with that said, we'll take on to the next one. Uh, take pride in your work. Uh, and, and by that, as a scientist, I mean, just in general to everybody, I'm, I mean, you just, you should take pride in your work because it's a work product. As scientists, that means that we need to turn out high-quality papers because what scientists are supposed to do is take their research, reduce it to a paper form in which other people of the same education and training can repeat those results. And that doesn't happen as frequently as what it should. Years ago, Bayer and Amgen ran a study on cancer papers, and they found that 56% of those cancer papers were irreproducible. So we failed as scientists. So scientists had failed to communicate their point and communicate how they got those results to allow other people to, to do those results, get those results. Always finish what you start. And I hate that one. Always? <laughs> I hate that one. But you know, it's somebody who's like friends with my past, being friends with people who are, some who are suicidal, some who are former drug addicts, you know, I, Any type of absolute of always finish when you start. I cannot always condone that, but I understand the general principle behind it. That's that's an interesting point. So there's only good things that you should finish. Right, right. We have the best of intentions, right? Stick to your goals. I understand that. And one of the things that Ken and I have always said is that we don't say always or never. We always say we don't say that. Yeah. <laughs> only we a, never say always. Only a Sith deals in absolutes. Uh, one of the worst lines ever in Star Wars. One of the <laughs> one of the little personal things about that always finish what you start. Everybody in this room is gifted in one yep, way or another. Yep. And I would suggest that I never say always. But anyone who's listening to this is probably gifted as well. And one of the blessings of gifted is things come easily. One of the curses of gifted is things come easily. And therefore, it's difficult to finish something once you've gotten down to the drudgery of doing the work and gotten past the initial flash of, and this is interesting, this is captivating my interest, I, I want to seek this out. 
oh, but in order to get from A to B, I've got to go through a lot of work. And it's really easy to fool a lot of the people by just coming up with a conclusion and trying to pass it off. Well, I would say, too, that there's sometimes there's wisdom in stopping. You're starting something that wasn't a good idea. So maybe maybe this is on the list later, but maybe it would be better. I'm sorry. I'm t- we're tearing your, your point apart. But no, 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 no. Don't <laughs> worry about it. Maybe it would be better to say follow through with your commitments. Well, okay, I, I can agree to that. Um, but no, as, as to your comment about tearing my my statement apart, no, you're not. I mean, this is what scientists do. I mean, we we sit around in circles and we're quite nerdy and we discuss in minutia, you know, citing authors and citing, oh, well, he did it this way, he did it that way, but it came to the same conclusion and it came to different conclusions. Why? You know, uh, it's very much about minutia and... And, um, and and so, no, I'm not offended by questions. I'm not offended by counter-arguments. No one should be. Um, that's, that's what science is. That's what science is. You, you advance a theory, you advance an idea, and then you test it. And you test it by every mean, means necessary. Correct. To see whether or not it survives. Yeah, and so, you know, so there's two points here, that, that sort of two larger points in my viewpoint. One is, you said it, everyone's gifted. Okay, so I'm gifted as a scientist. I suck as a mechanic. And there's other things I Me suck Me too. At. Yeah. So, you know. I, I can't sing and dance. Yeah. You know, I can dance. I can't sing. Um, but. I'm really good at all of those things. It, <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait. We said dancing. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Oh, edit, yeah. Editor. Edit, edit, auto, audio editor. Uh, <laughs> um, but. It, it, so so the real difference between, you know, scientists and other people. I mean, every, every skill set, every craft has its own language, its own jargon, its own knowledge base. You know, mine happens to be genetics and books and things like that. Ken has a very broad knowledge base in everything from preaching to logistics to cabinet making to... I've known a lot of broads. Yeah, you too? <laughs> we, we probably do some of the same broads Not in, in the high biblical school. sense. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Tom's and, eyes. <laughs> and, 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 uh, and Diane is probably a perfect example of, uh, and, and Ken too, of autodidactic. I mean, you've taught yourself. You've learned how to, you know. Reading is a really good way for you to learn how to teach things. And I've heard that, yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah reading. Um, so, Well, I'm going to g- jump in here and grab number four from you, Gary. All right, good. Go. Do what has to be done. Uh, all, all the jobs, even the worst <laughs> ones, pitch in, lead by example. And the first thing I thought about that is I have six children, and they make the house a mess. And if I tell them to do stuff and I just say do what needs to be done, it is much more difficult than if I jump in there with them and, and say, I'm going to do this, you're going to do that, we have to do this because. So that's the most practical example I can think of, leading by example with your own family, rather than just telling people to do something. I imagine you'll get on that too, show people what to do rather than just tell them. I, would, I want to throw this out too. I spent 10 years in the Army, and most of those years as a non-commissioned officer. If you want to lead... You can't lead anybody where you're not willing to go first. Yeah. You've, you've got to lead by that example. You've got to be as proficient as you're trying to bring people up to. It is a challenge. There's, there's, no, there's no sliding it. There's no way to fake it. No, I mean, you have to know. In science, you have to know enough about what you're doing and, and asking people to do to where you can discuss it minutia and go in and show it to them. I mean, in science, there's see one, do one, teach one. 
and I'm sure that works in other professions too. Um, Not algebra. Well, well, I thought that was like a failed theory, like communism. <laughs> algebra. <laughs> Uh, am I the only one here that likes algebra? Yeah, I, yeah. I kind of poached that joke from friends. They say geometry <laughs> instead, but you know, Joey yeah. says it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so be tough but fair. You know, I mean, you have to uh, make sure that people, when you call them out on things, and, you know, I've had several leadership roles. I've been a CEO twice. I've been, you know, VPs of this and that. And, and you need to be tough with people. You need to be fair in my experience. And, and by tough, I don't mean, you know, scream and yell at them. You need to treat them as part of a team member. So those, those that have been on football, basketball teams, hockey teams, whatever, you know, you can say to somebody, hey, Tom, you, you know, you're not pulling your weight. You didn't block that guy out. Hey, absolutely. Enforce standards. Yeah, But exactly. you don't have to be mean. You, instead of saying be tough but fair, you can say be tough but kind. You can be both at the same time. Kindness is not weakness. People find that out the hard way with me quite Some, often. Sometimes it's hard. It's it's really much harder to be kind than it is to be fair, you know, or mean. I mean, mean is just a, a reaction from the gut that includes all those sort of really bad traits of envy to oh, it's just jealousy. The, the, the default mode on the internet now yeah yeah i preach a lot about love and when i talk about love i'm not talking about a warm gushy feeling what i'm talking about is doing the right thing doing yeah. justice yeah and if you look at micah i think it's micah six eight uh do justice love mercy and walk in humility with your god that is exactly what you're saying be tough but fair yeah well and you I mean you have to as a scientist because you have to defend your points and you have to respond you know, kindly, fairly, however you want to put it. But as you point out, you have to be, you have to have humility too, because as things can change in a heartbeat, you might find something different and you might need to go, you know, I was mistaken about this. Mm -hmm. um, and, and you, and you also need to sometimes step up and go, I was wrong. That goes back to the first one, you know, yeah. live each day with courage and speak the truth. And we'll right. definitely come back to this too because one of the things that in the political world with science is the science is settled. But I know we'll come back to that later. We're going to do an entire show about that. <laughs> that sounds yeah, like silk. We could silk. do shows and shows and shows about that. There's great examples out there about that. Uh, when you make a promise, keep it. Um, you know, I, I maybe we should change it to commitment. I say promise. Uh, and that's why I make very few promises, because if I don't think I can keep them, I don't make that promise. I, I get it. I don't make promises. I don't say to people, I promise this, I promise that. It's, people have heard that so often. I don't even know if it means many, anything anymore. How many times? I'm also a contractor. How many times have you heard a contractor <laughs> say, two weeks? Yeah. How long is it going to take? <laughs> two weeks. Two weeks. <laughs> you do that with an accent. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah because I've been around those guys. but. It, that is one of the hardest things about what I do for a living, is, which is contracting, is doing what you say you're going to do. Yeah. And everybody wants to pin you down and say, when will this be done? It'll be done when I say it's done. You know, uh, and I, I have, the same thing happens in science, whether, whether you're doing the business side of science or the patent side of science or the research of science. You know, a lot of things can happen. A lot of things need to be changed. Um, but this is why we keep notes, and this is why we break it down into a protocol and, and, and have, you know, if you will, we call them recipes and methods and protocols to follow so we can replicate that over and over again. But still, um, it's it, it, promise, like Tom said, is overused. Um, 
there's only you know there's only <laughs> uh, the only promise I that I keep is to make sure that I talk to my God on a regular basis, you know, and, 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 and I, and I, and I commit myself to walk a similar path or the path that he desires for me. You know, there's very few people I'll, 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 I'll make promises to, and they're probably my children and, um, other people that I have close in my family. Right. My wedding yeah. vows. Your wedding Th- those vows. Those are yeah. actual promises I made and remade them just last year at our 20 year anniversary. Oh, congratulations. That, thank yeah. you. That's what I mean by a, a, a promise, something like that. That's, I don't like to throw the word around loosely because it's something that I intend to keep with my life, which is why I never say something like, you know, no, I'll promise I'll be there by six because, you know, <laughs> I should have what, 607 today? Forget yeah. it. Yeah. 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 So, um, Right for the brand loyalty, Liz. <laughs> as as the polar opposite of that, I, we have a representative who lives in Virginia. Well, it's worse than that. She grew up in Virginia, and she yeah. was here during the summer. Yeah. She went to school out but, there. But but the point is, and quite frankly, I think Harriet said it very well. She doesn't have any idea of what brand she's riding for. She hasn't been on the ranch long enough to understand the values, the principles, and those sorts of things. Well, considering so part the of, ranch kicked her off the ranch. In a well, boat. <laughs> only after she... Never mind. That isn't the point. Yeah, the let's the stick point let's stick is that science. If, if you're going to ride for the brand, you have to know the brand. You have to understand the mentality of the owner of the ranch, of the the foreman of the people that you're working with, you have to know what they think. Yeah, no, uh, I, yes, I, I agree with you. And that applies across again, all spectrums of work, whether you are a waiter or a cook at Frackleton's or you work for a construction company as a contractor or as a scientist. So the company I currently work for, and I will not disclose that on right now, and I'll try to not disclose that, but yeah, I'm, I'm very loyal to them. Um, I don't badmouth them. Uh, I, I work very hard for them. I make sure that, you know, they get everything that they need from me. And if that's a call at six o'clock at night, which has happened and they need something by, you know, the next morning, well, then I do everything I can to turn it out. Uh, when I worked for Roche, you know, it was, you know, you, you did things the Roche way. You, you stayed loyal to your group and you stayed loyal to your research and, you made sure that things got done and that that is where your focus was. You know, on a, on a cattle ranch, it might be your turn to get up and check heifers since we're here in the spring right now. Or if you work for a sheep ranch, you're out there lambing you know, all those. And you need to get a new job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but sheep have twins and triplets and quadruplets. It's like more production than cattle. I know. I've been there. I, that's okay. I'm not, I, I, I've never lambed a sheep. I never planned to. Um, have we killed that enough? Um, <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah, I think okay. we can move on to the next one. Funny thing, the next thing is to talk less and say more as after we went off on that tangent. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I really don't do well on that one. And it's, and it's, I understand, I understand what they're saying. You know, I mean, and, uh, you know, you watch some of these old. Make your words count. Yeah, make your words count. You know, there's a, there's a movie called The River Runs Through It. Yes. And when he gives his sons a homework assignment and they bring it back a written thing he'll read it through and he'll hand it back to him and he'll say the same half as long yeah and i will tell you one of the most interesting things that i've done is trying to make a 30 second commercial 
and you listen to it, you have all your ideas, you put them all down, and then you start saying, how can I cut it, how can I cut it, how can I cut it, and how can I say in 15 seconds, because you have to have a disclaimer on the end and everything else, how can I say in 15 seconds a really good message? In other words, how can I be concise? It, yeah. Yeah. Well, and, 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 and regrettably. Well done. <laughs> Yay. Uh, yeah, regrettably, it's, uh, regrettably, that, you need outside ears and eyes to help you do that often. Yeah. yeah. But it's not just about being concise. It's also about having substance. Gravitas, yes. Uh, I agree with you. Um, making sure that your words are picked carefully. And part of the problem in the world today is we've had such migration on different words. And I don't think they teach enough vocabulary anymore, especially at the high school level. Uh, I'm this. glad you said they, because I do. I know you do. I had no doubt about that, Diane. <laughs> I've seen this at academic conferences and meetings. I'm typically one to sit back and not say very much. Um, and then we always have the same people who like to stand up and hear their own voices and speak at great, like, well, I feel and I think, and people go to the bathroom and start filling with their phones. And I've noticed that any time I speak at one of these, everybody turns and looks. And it's not because I'm some great genius, but they know that I'm not going to take the microphone in a room full of 100-plus people unless I have something worth saying. And when you give a presentation, you probably talk to the bullet points and don't have everything typed out and read from it. I don't have bullet points. I just talk off the cuff. You were there, Ken. No. (laughs) Not the only time you've ever spoken. Actually, I, I have had the benefit of hearing Tom speak a number of times, and I've heard a number of other people, including myself, speak. And Tom does have an affinity for being very direct and concise. Good. But that's at a political meeting. That's not an academic conference, is it? Or do you do the same at academic conferences? Oh, absolutely. Oh, yes. okay. Yeah, as a, as a, as a hard science, I can't, I can't do that. I'm given yeah. 20 minutes to present a paper. I'll do it in 10. Well, I've never, I've never had an assignment limit me either by minimum numbers or maximum numbers. I, I will write until I make my point. Then I'll go back and edit it to make sure it's nice and clean and ready to go. I knew I should have been a hard scientist instead of a political scientist. <laughs> You're trying to guess Maybe what I'm thinking. Maybe he just needs more practice. <laughs> <laughs> What's next? Oh, where are we? Remember. Uh, remember, some things are not for sale. Oh, uh, right. Everything's for do- sale. Dr. Fauci. He sold himself. Yeah, everything's for sale. Well, There's no reason to wear a mask. Masks don't work. You should wear two of them. <laughs> well, he actually went fat past two. He was like three yeah. and four. You know, yeah. I, mean, what? I tuned him out when he started talking about wearing two masks. Oh, I I tuned him out when he started talking about a mask. Now I just, we're gonna one up each other. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Ken Ken's right. Everything's for sale. It's a matter of what numbers put on it, what number you put on it. But there's some. There should be some things that are not for sale. You know. Yes, there should be. You know, your your self worth. Your. Um, you you recognize that as a scientist, Diane recognizes that as a teacher, as people who are politically oriented. Tom and I understand that, and the temptation is always there. But I think the deeper you're grounded in writing for the brand in speaking the truth, the less likely you are to be sold out. Well, and, and you as a contractor, I'm sure you've probably had people come along and say, hey. Oh, you can buy me there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> let's Just move kidding. on. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, the, 
the second to the last one, uh, know where to draw the line. I think that sort of runs again with the previous one on remember some things are not for sale. Unless you're a contractor, and then it could mean a whole different thing. It could. Yeah. It could. I'm just yeah. thinking of Aerosmith. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not looking at the words, and I thought he said nowhere to draw the line. Yeah, no. nowhere, nowhere. Oh, yeah, no, th- no, we no. don't have any lines. No, yeah, we don't have any lines. No. <laughs> What's no. the last one? What's the last one? Don't mess with the cook. So, this is why <laughs> Diane gets my never-ending affection, love, respect, and complete um, welcome at this at all times, because she makes a really good cup of coffee. This is her house. And whatever she took out of the crock pot looked really yummy. So, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. You may be interested to know that there is an older, much earlier version of that song, which is due to Aristotle, and which goes like this. There's earth and air and fire and water. 